And if I meditate in the morning and I hold my attention on loving, the one thing I find is that loving goes before me throughout the rest of the day. Loving is ever-present before me, ever-clearing the way, ever-assisting me in my journey of the day. And when I don't meditate, well, guess what? Whatever the disturbance is of the day then that I woke up with goes before me and is ever-present with me and is ever-distracting me and causing me pain and disturbance. So I have found that meditation truly does serve me in a great way. Because through that action of loving God and allowing God to be in loving with you, being vulnerable to that movement of loving, it opens the door where the grace of the Holy Spirit comes present in your consciousness, comes present in your soul. And that grace of the Holy Spirit goes before you as loving. And it loves all things. And it disperses and dissolves and assists you in your walk. And if a challenge comes up, you meet it in loving. And if somebody confronts you, you meet that confrontation in loving. And you find that the loving ever then is filling your day. So that's why I meditate. One, because I love being in that movement of loving with God. And two, I love the way that movement continues throughout the rest of my day assisting me. And yes, I'll still complain. I'll still gripe. I'll still have my moment of, oh my God, this is hurting. Oh my God, this is a problem. Oh, I'm stressing out. But then I remember that that's not the attitude I want to live in. And I do the best I can to get back into that place of loving. It might be sit down for a few minutes and chant the name of God again. Chant the you. Chant the anti-you. Go inside and be loving with God. Or love that which is before me that is blocking me from seeing that loving, being in that loving, knowing God. And when you open your eyes after meditation, you're not going to be in the same place as you did when you sat down in meditation and closed your eyes. Because... That meditation, whatever time you give it, is going to bring something present of the spirit of loving. Even if you sit there the whole five minutes <laughs> or five hours, caught up in your mind. And I'm sure all of you have had that experience where you sit down and the mind just gets going, 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 going. And the time goes by. And at the end of the meditation, you're going, well, that was a waste of time. I didn't have one moment of meditation. It was all about the mind. But yet, you open your eyes, and there's something different. There's something present that wasn't present before. And that is your discipleship. The dis discipline that made you sit down and stay seated and focused in your meditation through whatever was going on that might have been distracting you, that discipline, that discipleship opens the door where loving is ever-present with you. Even if you're not aware of it, if you're not aware of the movement, you're not aware of the feeling, you're not aware of the light or the sound of the loving that comes present in your meditation, 
It is still there. And it goes with you wherever you go during the day. And it's ever tapping you on the shoulder going, can I be a part of your life today? Can you invite me in a little bit more? And it's for you to become sensitive to that frequency of loving, that movement of loving, and to be so sensitive to it that you ever choose into it rather than to whatever it is that's been distracting you. And that's the reason why we meditate, is to wake up to these higher frequencies, to be sensitive. Sensitive to those things that are above the physical creation. So we have to be sensitive in a new way. It's not sensitive emotionally or physically or mentally. It's sensitive spiritually. To be aware of that movement of loving. And the only place that I have ever found where you become aware of that movement is in meditation. That's where you begin to wake up and to know that movement of loving and what it is and how to live in that more each day. One other thing that I've become aware of is that when I'm loving God, sometimes I have to sit in meditation chanting that name of God over and over and over and over. However, I do it that day. Sometimes I speak it inside silently. Sometimes I chant it like a chant, like a Gregorian chant almost, inside silently. Or sometimes I sing it. And fortunately, it's silently. <laughs> I don't think you'd want to hear me sing out loud anything, let alone the name of God. But I chant it, I sing it inside over and over and over. And I found that some days I can chant the name of God for five minutes and that frequency of loving is there and the river of loving is there for me to move into and I just go with it. And as I go with it, God's loving is coming present with me and I am in the movement of loving. And then I don't have to chant the name of God anymore because I'm in the river of love. And then I move on into the experience wherever that movement takes me, wherever that river of love takes me. Other times, I have to chant for two hours. Just chant and chant and chant and chant. Because something is taking place inside of me that is blocking me, that is distracting me, that is stopping me from stepping into that river of love. And I know that if I will just chant the name long enough, that power of loving, the power of the name will build up and lift me up into that other frequency, that frequency above this creation that is the physical, and lift me up into my own soul and lift me up into that movement of loving. And so I know that it's a matter of giving myself opportunity and time to do just that. To give myself the opportunity to sit down and to truly hold my attention on God. And give myself enough time to chant the name of God long enough to build the power of loving up inside of me. The power of the name up so that I truly can rise above all those elements that are trying to stop me. That are distracting me. That lie between me and the Lord. And so sometimes, truly it happens in five minutes, 
and I'm in the movement of loving. And other times, it's two, two and a half hours before I move into that. Now, I remember I used to judge those days where it took me forever to get into the river of loving. And I appreciated those days where it took five minutes. And I remember often saying, God, you know, come on. Why can't it be five minutes every day? But I found that in that process of chanting the name over and over for two hours, just two hours straight, I have gotten to that place where it's an enjoyment to just be present and to be focused and to ever be bringing my focus back to God. It's a way for me to be in that loving, even in the midst of all the disturbance and distraction that is keeping me from moving fully into the river of love. It's allowing me to stay present with God in all of creation. And so I've come into a new wonderful place of appreciating whatever the moment is in my meditation. And I've realized over the years how sometimes I've even placed judgment on my meditation experience because it wasn't enough. I didn't get to that river of love the way I wanted to today. I let other things distract me. And I would place a judgment on my meditation or myself or those distractions. And guess what I found the next day? A big boulder on the path between me and God, called my judgment. And what did I have to handle first? My judgment. So I have found that loving it all is the easiest way to keep that path open. Love it all. Love everything about yourself. Love everything about everybody else. Love it all. You don't have to like it, but love it. The loving transforms everything. The loving keeps everything open and flowing so that you can, in meditation, enter more into that river of love with simplicity and with ease and with grace. And I have found over the years that it is true. If you love it all, you find God in all things. It doesn't say that you have to like it all. Not one place in the Bible does it say you have to like your neighbor. But it does say to love your neighbor. So I have found that if I am in the loving with everyone, I then can choose in that which is everyone where I want to put my, my loving into action. Because... Not everybody is in the movement of that loving. But I love all equally so that I can find that movement of loving where I want to share, where I want to be, where I myself can be fulfilled. And there are those places in the world where I really don't like to be. I don't want to be there. But I love those places even though I don't want to be there. I don't like those places. And I'm sure 
if you look in your own life, you can relate to that. So on this pathway, be aware of several things. One, it is a simple pathway. It's about loving. It's about loving yourself. It's about loving God. It's about loving God in you and you in God. Be aware that there will be distractions that rise up on this path as you walk this inner way. But if you love those distractions as well, you'll find that they will dissolve. You will find the God in those distractions that will come present and serve you on your journey. And you will find that there's a great truth in those things that seem to be distractions. You will learn something about yourself by loving that which you have judged or that is distracting you on this path inwardly. And three, I don't know if it's three or not actually, one, two, three, I haven't been counting, now I'm counting. <laughs> That's my mind working. And in this practice, be aware that in this room, or in our sharings wherever Brian and I are at, we are not going to be talking about the psychic realms. We're not going to be promoting the search and the understanding of the psychic and the material world. Because that's not our place here. We are here to serve the Spirit. We are here to work with the Holy Spirit. Whatever that is that you are here to experience about the body or the psychic, that's for you to find and to discover and to learn on your own or elsewhere. We're not here to help you to figure out how to heal your body or how to connect with an angel or what happened to Uncle Harold or why am I in this lifetime and why, who was my mother in the last life? I think I know who it is, but I want to know. We're not here to answer those questions now. We're here to assist you on a path to God. And that's our focus. We're holding our attention on God. And when we do that, we're holding our attention on the God within you. When I look at each of you, I do not look on you as physical beings. I look and I see the Lord in each of you. I see the divine light in each of you. And that is what I'm holding for. You to come into the knowing of that yourself. I'm here to assist you in that. And those are the questions that we'll answer. This is a discussion, a sharing, a time to remember who we are in God to wake up into that, to know that, to live that. And then what is said, seek first the kingdom of heaven and all else shall be given unto you. And that's really true. The things I know, the things I've experienced on the inner and the outer realms, on the physical material world as well as all the psychic realms and on into the realms of spirit, 
I didn't pursue them. I didn't go out and try to find them and discover them and understand them. I just wanted God. Since a child, I have gone every day and in some way meditated. I used to call it prayer. I wanted God. I wanted to know God. I wanted to live in God. I wanted to be back with God. That's what I wanted. I was seeking God first. And as I did that search, and as I did the journey, and as I woke up inside to the knowing of God in so many different ways, and in so many different levels, within myself and within creation, then all else is given unto you. And you begin to just understand, to know, to experience all this other. But it is secondary to the first, which is waking up and knowing God. Waking up and knowing yourself as divine, as soul, as spirit first. Then all else is given unto you. And it's been interesting. I've watched people go and try to become psychics, try to become mediums, try to become healers, and work at it and do it, and, and yet they're not fulfilled, and yet there's not the satisfaction inside of them. And they want more, and they're wondering, why? What's lacking? Why am I not happy? Why isn't this working for me? Why am I picking up everybody's problems? Why is my body such a mess while I'm healing everybody else? It's because they put something other than God first. And they pursued something other than God first. And it's true. Whatever we set our goal on, we're going to get there somehow. But be careful what you set your goals on. Be careful what you ask for because you might just get it. You might just get that goal accomplished. And then you're going to go, what the hell did I spend 25 years doing this? So what if I can sit on a block of ice and meditate and melt the ice and not freeze my butt off? What did that accomplish? What did that accomplish? You know, there's a story in India. A spiritual teacher is teaching an inner pathway back to God. It's about the path of sound and light. And he has these disciples around him. And they're all loving him and devoted to him. And they're listening and they're practicing their meditation. And this one disciple wants to be the very best disciple. And so he decides that he's going to do everything he can to prove to his master that he is the best disciple. And he understands what he's supposed to do. And he's accomplished it. So he meditates and he practices all these different techniques. And one day, years later, he comes to the master and he says, Master, Master, come over here for a minute. I want to show you something. And the disciple walks over to the river and he walks on top of the water across to the other side. And he waves to his master and he walks back across and he stands in front of his master and he says, I've done it. See, I've done exactly what you said. I am your greatest disciple. None of your other disciples can walk on the water like that, but I can do it. And he said, the master said, you don't get it. That's not what I'm teaching. I'm not teaching about how to walk 
across the river on the surface of the water. That's what boats are for. Don't you see the ferry going back and forth and carrying people across? You took 10 years to learn how to walk across this river when it only takes 10 rupees to go across. Better you had gone and gotten married and raised a family and had a career and fulfilled your life that way than to waste your time in this. You did not understand a word I said. He said, either go now and do the world because you're already doing it or come back and start all over as an innocent one who knows nothing. And so what happened? <laughs> the disciples said, I will go and do the world because I'm now master of it. I may as well go and demonstrate it and be the master of it. And off he walked to do just that. Years later, he came back to his master and he said, I come back to you now as an innocent one. Through all that I've done and all the powers I've gained over this world, I cannot find my happiness. I have lost my joy. I had it when I first sat in front of you. I want it again. And the master said, then sit down and be joyful. That's the key. It isn't in the world and it's not about the powers of the world or about powers of the psychic. It's about the power of loving, the power of the divine, the power of the soul. And so be aware, we're here to serve that which is your soul and to serve God that is in all of creation. That is who we are. That's what we're about. And that's what this path and these names unspoken are about that are given in initiation. And if in your search for God, in your seeking for God, in your awakening into God, and knowing yourself as soul divine, all else is given to you, rejoice and be happy, but don't then go and demonstrate it to the world and say, oh, guess what I can do now? Rather, be silent in the knowing of that. Rejoice in that. And let God use those elements of awareness, however God wants to, to awaken you into the greater knowing of who you are. The one thing I've shared with people over the years, the one thing that was taught to me before I started teaching others, was just this. That in the realm of psychic, the experiences you have there are not for others. They're truly for yourself. But the mind will tell you, oh no, you're supposed to go out and share it with other people. You're supposed to tell this person that they're going to have this or this is going to happen to them or you've got to take care of all these people now. This is your mission. You've got a mission here on this planet. And in truth, 99.99% .99 of everything you ever get in the psychic realm it's really for your own awareness, for your own experience. It should be held inside yourself silently as an experience. And let that be a part of the pathway building of your awakening. And even that one little bit that remains, it is truly for you, but there may be something 
that you are to share with another. So Spirit said, we say 99.99% because you never know. There may just be a moment in your existence where you're to share something with another about something and maybe answer a question or quiet a disturbance by your own sharing of your own experience. But always let it be your own experience that you share. But yet, so many times, people that wake up into the psychic and start pursuing the psychic, all of a sudden they have this great mission. They have a mission, they have a service that they have to do in the world. And no one else can do it but them. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that action. But that's not what this is about. That is not what this pathway is about. This pathway is about simply waking up in a very simple way to the simplicity that is God. It's not about serving the world or others. It's about being in the river of love with God. Being in that movement of loving with God. And if you find yourself all of a sudden finding this great service to go do in the world, and you're pulled to do that, go and do that and find out what that lesson is, what that experience is. Learn from that. Grow in that. But be aware that there's more beyond it. There are many people who have stopped short of finding God, of awakening to their own soul, because they got distracted and caught up in this outer action of service. And this pursuit of the mind wanting to be great in the world. Be aware that you already are great. You are the greatest thing in this creation. For you are divine. You are soul. You are the light of creation. It is only because you are present here in this creation that anything and all things exist here. If all the souls were all of a sudden withdrawn from this level, everything would come into a place of rest and non-existence. Because it is our light and our loving that has manifested this creation. And so be aware that there's nothing you have to do, nothing you have to prove, nothing you have to be in this creation other than the true self the self that is loving, the self that is soul. And let go of any outer distractions that might cause you to focus outside of yourself and make yourself important in the world. Focus first on God. And then if God has a mission for you, God will tell you. When you find God, God will say, Welcome. I love you. Come on in. Now, go do something. Here's what I want you to do. Or he might just welcome you in and just have you stay present with him there forevermore. But let God be the one to give you direction as to how you're to do your, your life as soul. The mind, the ego... It is ever pursuing things. 
and it will play a game on us if we're not careful to ever keep our eyes open and focused outward for its benefit, for its reward, for its gratification. Don't be afraid to sit down and close your eyes and confront whatever's there in your meditation. And in the beginning, in those first few days, weeks of meditation, you're probably going to confront some things you don't want to confront. You're going to see things about yourself that you've hidden inside for so long. You've looked away from. You've put it in the unconscious so that you didn't have to deal with it. And it's all going to come flooding back into your consciousness. And you're going to have to look at it. And the first thing you might want to do is, oh, I'm going to get up. I don't want to do this. I don't want to look at that. I don't want to have to deal with this part of myself. But if you will sit and do that and love it all, forgive it all, be present with it all and move with it to the loving, you will begin to walk this inner path to God. And you will begin the awakening process. And there's nothing greater than to enter into that river of loving. Enter into that movement of loving that is the audible life stream, that sound current, that is the movement of the Holy Spirit. That's the voice of God ever calling us. <coughs> come home. Come home. Look inside. Look up and find me and come home. Hear me calling you. Come home. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Come home. God is ever, ever present. Right here, right now. As the Holy Spirit. As the light and the sound. Ever calling us home. Follow the light. Follow the sound. Come home now. But to do that, we have to go inside to wake up into those other regions beyond the mind. To wake up and to begin to experience how the soul experiences. And it's different. It's so different and yet it's very similar. It's very similar to how we do experience and how we do learn and grow here. But yet it's different. It's different in that in the realms of spirit, in soul and beyond, there is no negativity. There is no judgment. There is no fear. There is loving. There is grace. There is compassion. There is acceptance. Because you've entered into that which is God's realms. You've entered into that which is loving. And it's different. Down here, we're ever in a battle. Right and wrong, right and left, yes and no, up and down, good and evil. And where are you in any given moment? Well, one minute ago I was on the good side, now I'm on the evil side. You know, it's, we're back and forth all the time in this world of polarity, this world of duality. But in the realm of soul and beyond, it is oneness, it is wholeness. There is no duality, there is just God. Down here, there's so many different gods and they're ever pulling at us. Money, liquor, sex, romance, the body, the food, 
drugs, everything, it's all pulling at us. The pursuit of love. All these things. And these are the things that we want to move beyond. That's this action of meditation. Moving beyond all of this creation and back into loving. Back into joy. Back into grace. Well, I think that's it. I'm not going to go into any questions and answers tonight because it's not really present. I think what I stated pretty much is a statement that I just want to leave as is and not create the game of mind now pursuing something. So I thank you all and we'll see you next Tuesday. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.